0: time for coffee with the chicken ladies a podcast for people who love chickens
1: hey everybody and welcome it's chrissy and holly from coffee with the chicken ladies we're here and this is episode number 100 yay Yay! from our podcast where we talk about everything chicken family fun and more chickens more chickens we drink a ton of coffee i'm talking a ton but most importantly... We hug chickens every day. And we kiss them, too. Don't forget. We brew coffee from a little coffee house here in Bel Air, Maryland. Holly Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? This
0: is pumpkin spice again. Be again? Because we're rebels that way.
1: Yes, we are. Okay, so are you ready to sip some coffee and chat?
0: I am, but first, a word from our sponsor.
1: We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubly Farms. This month, you can receive 30% off if you're a first-time buyer.
0: I'm a long-time subscriber, and my flock
1: love the healthy, nutritious treats, plus all products ship free. If you haven't heard, Grubly's has a fantastic layer pellet and crumble feed. It's packed with plant and insect protein. It's perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. This offer does not apply to subscriptions and cannot be combined with any other discounts. It's a great time to try Grubly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code CWTCL30 for 30% off your first purchase. Try it today. Okay, so how are you holding on this fall? We're doing well. We have some
0: very exciting news. We do. Martha the Nankin, Miss Martha Washington, is broody.
1: Yay! And she
0: is sitting on five eggs.
1: She is a very tiny chicken sitting on five eggs. <laughs> but they're very a- tiny eggs, so... Yeah.
0: Actually, Nankin eggs are big for bantam eggs.
1: They are. They are, but they're
0: still little. They're still little, Yeah. I've been candling them. Everything is great. They're healthy. She's doing very well. She does steal other eggs and rolls them into her nest when the other girls lay. I did mark the original ones. I learned a lot from Fiona.
1: I have to crack up because we were on the phone when we discovered this. Mm-hmm. We're actually, if we're not together, we're on the phone. That is honest God's truth. Often. I've <laughs> developed places on my clothing to put the phone so I'm hands free. <laughs> well, today I was like, why am I not using my AirPods every time? I could be hand free. Yes. But I remember we're on the phone and you're like, oh man, I think Martha's broody. And then you're like, she's got all these eggs. I'm taking them right now and can them. And you're like, I don't know if George is doing his job. And then you're <laughs> like, viable? Viable?
0: Viable? Viable? You're like, oh, George is doing his job. George is doing his job. Yes. George is getting it done, clearly. (laughs) George is having some fun. Well, they all look like Martha's eggs, though. That's the interesting thing. There were two of Abigail Adams' eggs in there, and they were not fertilized. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's liking his Martha. I guess he likes him some Martha. (laughs) And Nell is coming out of a molt, so she's not even laying. Oh, okay. So it's Martha all the way. The one thing I will say is because Martha is so tiny, Nankins are generally less than two pounds. Yeah. Martha will come out in the afternoon for her little broody break. Right. When we throw out scratch, but we take her out in the morning too when we open up.
1: Oh, and they're that small. You have to make sure they're getting nutrients. Exactly.
0: She's got to be warm and she needs to be fit. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: For sure. That's exciting stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, by the time this episode airs, I think the chicks will be here. Really? I think so. 21 days. So yeah.
1: we'll yeah. see, we're going to try to get as much video as we can mm-hmm. up on our social and Instagram so that you can see these adorable babies as they come out. They're tiny. We're going to have it up there. Yeah the fall leaves are changing. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. We're part of this fall homestead share challenge this year. Thank you, ladies, for including us. That's been super fun. It's been a lot of fun. On Instagram, but our
0: posts are going on Facebook as well. Yes, you you can see see them both. Mm
1: -hmm. If we do stills, they go on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Facebook does not transfer the reels for some reason. It's been so fun with these lovely ladies. Yes, it's
0: an international share. So it really has been great. It's been fun.
1: Okay, so if you're listening to our show, and you're loving it, Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review. It does amazing things for the growth of our show. And while you're there, hit that subscribe button. It's another thing that really helps us grow and you never, ever miss an episode.
0: If you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, you can visit our Etsy shop. We have lots of mugs for sale there. You can become a patron of the show. Visit patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Take a look at the levels of membership. For $3 a month, you get an extra episode.
1: Yeah, we just got a new member. Thank you. We did. Thank you.
0: The other thing you can do to help support the podcast is visit our show notes, use our affiliate links and codes, and buy products from our sponsors.
1: Yay! Hey, Chris. Yeah?
0: Do you like subscription boxes? Does it have
1: anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yeah. Let me take a minute to tell you about the Chicken Love Box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com.
0: I love the mega box. Tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me.
1: You can't go wrong with a chicken tea. They are so cute and so soft.
0: In the August box, I absolutely love the chicken pot holders and the Ikea scrub brush.
1: My chickens are going crazy over those grubbly grubs in that box. And the chicken note cards are going to be great to send into school with the teachers.
0: Boxes start at $39
1: a month. They ship immediately after your order and shipping is always free. Such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. Use the code CWTCL50 for 50% off your first box of a 3-month subscription or more. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. Have you heard of Strong Animals Chicken Essentials? They
0: make natural supplements for your flock.
1: Strong Animals has used plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Their products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to support the immune system and digestive health. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals Health Products. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today.
0: The Breed Spotlight is brought to you by Murray McMurray Hatchery, defining quality for generations. For over a century, Murray McMurray Hatchery has remained a trusted family-owned business, working tirelessly to ensure our poultry meet the highest standards.
1: Whether you are an experienced enthusiast or just embarking on the journey, look to McMurray Hatchery for guaranteed quality rare and heritage breeds, low minimums, and all the supplies you need to raise your flock. Request a free catalog, and don't forget, pre-orders start November 2022 for the spring 2023 season. Who, who? it's time
0: for the Breed Spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. I see where you're going. I,
1: okay. I smell what you're cooking. So this week's Breed
0: Spotlight is... The Dutch Albeard. This breed is super fun.
1: It's super fun and super rare and old.
0: Yeah. Now, where was this chicken developed? The Netherlands? Yes. <laughs> well, right, right. Back... Like 500 years ago, when this chicken was definitely around, they could be older than 500 years for all we know, but then it was called Holland. Now we know it as the Netherlands. Right. They're a member of that V comb encrusted family, which are some of our favorites. Absolutely. So, you know, the Polish, the Crevcourt, the La Fletch, mm-hmm, the Brabanter, and the, the Breda. Breda. Yep. Yeah. Now, this was interesting to me. Some sources even claim that the Dutch Albeard is a foundation breed for the Polish.
1: Well, if you look at them, you can see that that could
0: you be. You could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the Pavlovskaya also has some similarities to these. I can see that. I apologize in advance to our listeners oh, in the I Netherlands. Oh, I can't wait to hear you say this one. Their name in Dutch is Nederlandse Olibarden. Okay. And you will find them under that name.
1: Yes, you will. And here's a big thing. We went back and forth. At first, we thought they were a bantam, but they're actually a standard-sized chicken.
0: <laughs> there is a bantam. I don't know where you find it in the U.S. Right. With the Bantams, a lot of times it's the show community that have kept them going. Exactly. So I'm guessing that in this case. We don't know for sure. Yeah. So the owl beard is a standard size chicken. And they have a beard. It's a really visible beard. It's not like a little bit of beard.
1: It's noted as remarkable.
0: Yeah, because it's like beard, muff. It's a crest, the V
1: comb. I mean, they're like fully loaded. They got it all going on.
0: Now, I will say about the beard in a lot of the color varieties, the beard is black specifically. Yeah. Actually, some of the chicks are born with black beards. Yeah. it's It's really cool. So cute.
1: And every time I hear blackbeard, I have to say a Uh, blackbeard.
0: Now, their waddles are practically non-existent.
1: Well, you know, it makes sense. They're in a cold environment
0: and and they don't need them. Right. They have all that muff. Earlobes are white, but they're on the small side. Okay. Legs are clean. In most of the color varieties, they are slate colored. There are a couple of exceptions to that, but in general, they're going to be slate colored legs.
1: Now, here's a remarkable thing. There's a lot of color varieties for this chicken. Holy moly, so many. Now, everybody knows while we're doing breed spotlight, I always have them pulled up on my laptop so I can be looking at them as we're talking about them. And let me tell you, it's remarkable. It's a rainbow of a breed of oh, chicken. There are
0: so many varieties. I'm kind of in love with this chicken. So you can see them in your flock?
1: Do I have to answer that? <laughs> okay, so let's go on and say the color varieties. Now we're going to be naming these for a while, Okay. So there's the white, the black, the black laced blue.
0: There are silver spangled and gold spangled. The cuckoo. The yellow white spangled. Silver and gold penciled. Lemon spangled. And the moorhead. The moorhead are actually several different colors. The moorhead is a solid black head on a different color body. Yes. So like there's a white moorhead, black moorhead. There might be a blue moorhead. Yeah. They're very, very pretty birds.
1: And they're kind of inconsistent with their weights. Yeah.
0: So I read in a couple of places that they're big birds. But the British Poultry Club classifies them as a light breed, huh. and I found a European site that said essentially that the roosters are about four and a half to five pounds, it's little, and the hens are like three and a half to four.
1: They don't need a bantam.
0: So I have a feeling that they're probably a lighter-bodied chicken. That's right. my guess.
1: They do have a shape of a lighter-bodied chicken.
0: That's what I thought too. They're tall on the taller side, but right. they're a smaller chicken. So that's what we're going to go with. Neither one of us have ever seen this bird in person. Like a lot of the old European breeds, it's hard for us here in the U.S. to find a lot of history on them. The albeard has been identified in several 16th century paintings. So we're talking 1500s. Yep. Renaissance birds.
1: It's the birds with the black head.
0: Often it is, yeah. We know they're a really old breed. And honestly, the fact that they were important enough to figure into a painting probably says something to us. Oh, yeah. I don't know exactly what. If an artist was just doing landscapes and they like to paint farm animals in there, that's one thing. But if you see a commissioned portrait with a chicken in there, that means that chicken was important.
1: Well, I like this one because it showcases the boy and the girl and then the little ones in the back. Now what you're looking
0: at is a painting that is from the Dutch BKU site. Right. And we're gonna talk about them in a minute. That is a breed specific painting right there. Just like the breed paintings that you find in the APA standard.
1: The Um, other thing is they're on a stamp in the Netherlands. Yeah, that's kinda cool.
0: I know we've had a wind-out on a stamp here. I don't think any other chickens, though. No,
1: so that's pretty cool, too.
0: So I checked in with our favorite poultry historian. No, it's
1: right, of course.
0: And he did not disappoint. He gives a paragraph to the Albeard. He's judging them on their appearance, and he connects them to a Thuringian chicken that's from Germany. Okay. It does resemble the Thuringian chicken in a lot of ways, and okay. we'll do a breed spotlight on the Thuringian at one point. How many times can I say Thuringian, Thuringian in one sentence? So there may be some truth to this in the later years, but I mean, there's nothing you could substantiate there without some DNA testing. Lewis Wright also contends that these hens are capital layers. Oh,
1: they're good layers. And they lay some large white eggs Mm -hmm. around 200 per year. Now we know my magic number is 200 and higher for excellent layers. So ding, ding, ding. It dings my bell.
0: They're not really known as broody hens. You know, there are always exceptions to a rule. Every now and again, one does go broody and they're supposed to be excellent mothers when they do hatch a clutch. Yeah. But if you're looking for
1: a really rare breed layer, this could be it. Yeah. And you know what? They're known to be an active breed. Most breeds are going to be pretty active.
0: Especially these light-bodied chickens. The light
1: body chickens, they're light-bodied for a reason. Yeah. They want to be running around. They're good foragers. Mm-hmm. They're tame with people and they're fairly good with a mixed flock. Yeah, all reports Yeah, yeah.
0: said they, they have a gentle personality and they're really good with other chickens. They definitely need plenty of space to scratch and run.
1: A lot of these older European breeds are this way. They need space in order to let those wings out and have a good time.
0: I don't know if this is the case with the L beard, but I wonder if this, and a lot of times you see this when there are a ton of color varieties. I wonder if this was originally a land race breed.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking mm-hmm. when I'm looking and I'm seeing like 14 different color varieties. Right. And like the
0: Swedish flowers that way. There's yeah. so many color varieties. you're like,
1: were they just running around? You Self-selecting. Know? Yes.
0: Hey, baby. Speaking of the Swedish flowers, amazing foragers that need space. Yeah. So a large run and supervised free range time should be enough to keep them safe and happy.
1: And they're really good in the garden. Take them out with you. Let them turn over some beds.
0: They're definitely a good homestead breed. You have to use a broody hen of another breed or an incubator if you're going to do some breeding here. And the other reason that you may not want them just as your homestead breed is because they are so rare. Yeah. Yeah. But they could be used in that way. Yeah. I mean, just the foraging and the scratching and running. I love watching them.
1: Here's the thing they're from the Netherlands. So, what can we all guess? They're cold hardy, which is good. So, if you're in an area where it's cold, it might be a good bird for you, kind of like the salmon faverolles. With one caveat
0: that V comb. Yeah. That V comb will freeze. Absolutely. You've got tissue sticking straight up with no protection. Yeah. Vaseline's not going to cut
1: it. No. You need to get some supplemental heat in there that's safe. The other thing is in the summer, they will need some extra cool shade, some fans, because when you have a cold hardy bird, it's going to be the opposite effect in the other seasons. Right. So if you're in the south, just be aware that you're going to need some extra things to keep them cool. Probably some coop fans. I mean, they don't have the wattles to help cool them off right. that way. So Well,
0: and all they have is that V-comb. That's yeah. going to transfer some heat, but not tons. Exactly. Again, in the north, go crazy with them. Yeah. You know, They're really great. So if you are looking for more information or if you're one of our European listeners and you're looking for breeders in Europe, Check out the Dutch BKU Club. We do have them linked in the show notes. Mm-hmm. The club supports the Brabant,er the Breda, and the Albeard breeders and fanciers. Nice. Yeah. And then
1: where can we get them here? This is one of our old favorites. Green Fire Farm in Florida does have them available. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you look them up and you're like, I have to have this yeah. part, check out Green Fire Farms.
0: Now, they only have them in the lemon pattern. So that's that black spangled lemon. They're straight run only because they are- rare. Rare birds and you can't be selective with us. I also think that maybe some of the smaller, the light bodied chickens can be harder to sex. Yeah. But this bird is very rare all around the world. They could definitely use some conservation help. They're not APA accepted. So if you're going for showbird, not, um, not a bird. It's just a homestead bird for you.
1: family bird.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if you're a chicken lady that loves a fancy bird and you, like some people we know, don't mind keeping a thousand roosters, get some straight run chicks and see what you come up with. Yeah. The roosters are ridiculously cute.
1: Yeah. I'd like you are gonna get the lemon, which is really cute.
0: Oh, I love that. It literally yeah. is like a goldish yellow bird with yeah. black spangles. It's really cute. And a black beard.
1: And the chicks are adorable. Yeah, they are. They remind me of Polish chicks. They kind of already have the crest on the head. Yep. Okay. So if you already have an owl beard, uh-huh. Send us a picture. We would love to see them and know about them. And we'll give you a share on our Instagram page. If you're looking for a chicken coop that's produced in a planet-friendly, sustainable way. Trinestera. Each coupe is made from highly durable, 100% recycled plastic that keeps the equivalent of up to 2,000 shampoo bottles out of a landfill.
0: Their clean, modern design will fit into any garden or run area and comes with an industry-beating 25-year warranty and a range of handy accessories. Simple to
1: put together, so quick and easy to clean, and most importantly, red mite resistant. Your chickens will love it. Quick shipping from Amazon.com or Nestera.us. Use our code CWTCLP10 for 10% off. Check them out today. Roosty's proudly sponsors Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you're raising chicks or keeping chickens, take a look at Roosty's store on Amazon.com. We've personally tested
0: their products and we're huge fans. They have their famous nesting pads, those fantastic chick water and feeder kits, do it yourself port feeder kits, what are a nipple and what
1: are a cup kits? And you don't even need to drive to the stores. They're all available for prime delivery on Amazon.com.
0: Visit Amazon.com and check out the Roosties range or follow the link
1: in our show notes. Okay, so are we ready to move on to main topic? Yeah. Yeah. We've had some questions lately. Yes, we have. We've decided to kind of mold some of our main topics around what everyone is giving us And questions. And that way we can answer directly and you have a place to go back and listen. Well,
0: we get a lot of care questions. We have a lot of people come to us with chicken care questions and we start to see patterns. And as soon as we see that pattern emerging, it tells us it's a good time for an episode. It's
1: a good time for a main topic. And this one is the chicken foot and leg ailments. And we're just going to kind of touch base on a few of the things Mm -hmm. that we've been getting a lot of questions about. So this is a good resource for you if you can go back and listen yeah. and figure out what you need to do.
0: So just a little overview, a little bit about treatment and prevention.
1: Yeah. Let's start with the very first one, which is pretty obvious. We get a lot of questions about bumblefoot. Mm-hmm. And bumblefoot, I feel like sometimes it's made to be way complicated and it needs to be simplistic and right. simplify your treatment, simplify what you're doing, and it heals up pretty well.
0: I feel like there are three versions of bumblefoot. Okay. Okay. There's the super simple one. Yeah. Got a little black scab. There's a bit of stuff under it.
1: And sometimes you don't have to do anything to it. Occasionally. Occasionally you don't. Yeah. up under it. There have been times where it. I've
0: taken a scab off and it was pink granulated Me skin too. under it. Yeah.
1: It's kind of already healed itself. And it's then I so was like, heck,
0: I just took that scab off and yeah. opened it. Then there is a similar abscess, but it's recurrent. Mm -hmm. and generally there, our best advice is check your substrate Mm -hmm. for places for them to get microabrasions, but more importantly, disinfect your roosts.
1: Yeah, and then the third one is The complicated
0: one that generally needs help from a professional.
1: Yes. So with those three, you kind of all are going to start out in treatment kind of the same way, Mm -hmm. and this is the thing that we hear so many times over and over again, is re-soaking the foot all the time.
0: Right. Once the scab's off, there's no reason to soak the foot.
1: And we're going to tell you our philosophy on this. And this is partly me being in the medical field so long. When you soak something, it's to soften a scab to come off. Right. And you do it first, you get the scab off, but then you've opened it up. Right. And then you clean it with your HyperCleanse. You put your antibiotic. So there's no reason at that point to then Every day or every other day, take the bandage off and re-soak because what you're doing is you're giving it a possibility of getting microbes back App- in it. It's a moist environment. So opportunistic bacteria could get right back into that. Yeah. From your soaking. Right. Because you have to make sure your bowl is completely sanitized. Right. So the thing is, soak to get the scab off and then don't soak again. Right. And that's where a lot of people differ from us.
0: I barely soak anymore.
1: I soak the very first time to get the scab off. And then all you do after that is clean it.
0: Yeah. In a lot of cases, the scab will flick right off.
1: Yeah. And then what you're going to use is your chlorhexidine Hiva Cleanse.
0: I do diluted iodine if it's not deep. The other thing about bumblefoot that you hear all the time is that it won't go away if there's still like a core of caseous material in there. Right. Not every bumblefoot has that core of caceous material in there. Right. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. And so that's why we really don't recommend just cutting your bird's foot for a lot of reasons. never
1: recommend cutting your bird's foot. You
0: are not in a sterile environment birds feel pain. So you're cutting into flesh. And and you have nothing to... You risk cutting ligaments. We've seen that before. Right. When we said that bumblefoot sometimes can go away on its own, if you're not experienced, you might just have to take that scab off anyway. right? I've seen cases where people didn't treat it and like toes fell off their chicken. That is, in my view, inexcusable neglect.
1: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If there's a point where it's not getting better after first few days, that is time for the veterinarian they can open it up in a completely sterile environment with the chicken anesthetized so she or he is feeling nothing and clean it out and get it rebandaged and set up.
0: And your chances of getting that to heal are much greater as soon as you go that route.
1: Right. So we soak to get the scab off. We clean it daily or every other day. And here's the other thing that I do that differs a little. I will leave the bandage on for three days or so depending
0: on the case, you can. So there are a couple of other things you can do. If you go to a veterinarian, they can culture that foot and find exactly what antibiotic will treat that bacteria. If you cannot go that route for any reason, or if it's a simple one that you feel like you can treat yourself, you want silver ointment.
1: Yeah, because that's going to take care of a broad spectrum. It's going to take care of a lot of things. And here's the other thing. I used to cut little piece on the pad with the ointment. Right. And then a small wrap that is just tight enough to stay on the foot, right. but not too tight and, and cut yeah, off the circulation. And use Vet Wrap
0: for that because it's self-adhesive and it works really, really well. And
1: if it's a dry few days... Leave it on. The silver ointment says right on there that it works for one to three or four days. It does.
0: Now, ideally, you want the prescription strength silver ointment. Right. And we're all in agreement that it should not be prescription only, but it is. But if you can't get it, CVS does sell a form of it. It's just a week or four. Right.
1: Cure wound care. Yep. Yep. And
0: CVS has their own house brand. So you
1: can go that route. You know, like I said, every few days when you're changing the bandage, you scrub it up a little bit, right. put the ointment with the Telfa, rebandage it, and right. check in a few days. Yeah. I've had really good success with that. Yes,
0: me too. People have said to us, my roosts are not dirty but you can't see microscopic bacteria on your roost.
1: No. Sanding down your roost or changing the covering with some mm-hmm. contact paper. You can
0: use vet wrap. I've known people that wrapped it in vet yeah. wrap.
1: And you can use some vinegar on there and clean those because they're sitting on those for 8 to 10 hours at night at and least. that's where the bacteria is coming from. That's right. If they jump on there after they stepped on poop in the yep. run and then they sit all night with it on their feet, they could also get a cut from their substrate. Yeah. On the bottom of their foot. Just a so, micro
0: abrasion is enough to let some bacteria. Sometimes in. you don't
1: even see it. So that's the skinny on the bumblefoot.
0: Your chicken can have a leg abscess. It's quite similar to the bumblefoot. Not exactly the same. Birds do this interesting thing. I think rabbits and some other animals do. When they develop an abscess, they wall it off. Yeah. That makes it incredibly hard to treat it with just antibiotics alone. Right. So you almost always have to find a professional to lance this for your bird.
1: And like we can't stress enough, having a veterinarian is immensely important with chicken keeping. Okay. So let's move on to scaly leg mite. Oh, I'm itching already. It's gross. It's disgusting. Your chickens can get it easily. When it gets cold is when you tend to see it. These mites want to go somewhere where it's warm. Warm and they have a meal. Yeah. And scaly, because the chicken's legs are scaly, they go under the scales.
0: That's right. They burrow under the scales.
1: So it's tried and true. Vaseline does work on them, but Uh you have to smother the legs and push the Vaseline up under the scales yes. to suffocate the mites. Exactly right. That's
0: exactly what you need to do. Sometimes the scales will fall off altogether. They will grow back. Yeah. My two rescue roosters that we took in a few years ago came to me with, I just want to say atrocious. Yeah, it was mite. bad.
1: You were fighting it for a long time. It was time.
0: bad. The Vaseline, it does moisturize the skin too and yeah. helps get some of that flaky, gross stuff out of there. You
1: know it's working because at the end of the day, you'll see blackness in the Vaseline.
0: What you're talking about is essentially the waste product yes. of the mite. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's nasty. It's yeah. nasty. And the
1: Vaseline, it, it loosens it all up. It does. And it draws it out. And then so you clean up the legs right. and then you reapply. And the crucial
0: thing there is you have to get the Vaseline under the scales. You can put a tiny drop of ivermectin in the Vaseline if you want to. Or between the shoulder blades. Between the shoulder blades. Right. A drop of ivermectin there. Because we're not veterinary professionals, we don't give out dosing advice. No. You can visit Poultry DVM. Yeah. She does have an information sheet about ivermectin and the way it works. And we can say the way we use it is an appropriately sized drop of ivermectin between the chicken's shoulder blades mm-hmm. against the skin, not on right. the feathers, the same way you would give a dog or cat front line. Right. Not only does that kill pretty much all the external creepies and crawlies, it will work on scaly leg mite yep. too. VetRx does not kill scaly leg mites.
1: No. I, honestly, you need the Vaseline to suffocate them. Yeah. This is one of those easy fixes. Yes, it is. Don't make it more complicated than it has to be. I mean, I've
0: known people who use coconut oil, but they only had a couple of birds with it. Yeah. coconut oil is going to get expensive if you're treating a whole flock. Yeah. And if you are treating scaly leg mite, chances are there are at least a few other birds in the same yeah. flock that need treatment too.
1: Okay. So now we're going to move on to trauma has happened to the leg or to the foot And this is usually most times time to call the veterinary.
0: Usually. I mean, if it's just an abrasion that you can clean up, that you can put some silver ointment on. Handy-dandy
1: bandaging. Yeah. And
0: then just a little bandage. Vet Wrap works really well for bandages for feet and legs. You can bandage almost the entire leg or foot with a variation of Vet Wrap.
1: The legs of the chicken are not nearly as vascular as they are in other animals. Right. So
0: now that will bleed.
1: What I'm talking about is like restriction. So uh-huh. yes, you can put something on too tight right. and cause a problem. Yes. But it's a little bit harder to do. The key is to get it snug, but never too tight. Exactly. So there's veterson, there's bye-bye boo-boos, if you're having trauma and you need to treat with a cut or anything like that. Right, and
0: trauma is a wound of some sort. It's some sort of an injury. There's been injury to the chicken's leg somehow. Which
1: ties to sprains, strains, and tears.
0: Right, and also broken bones.
1: Right, broken bones are always a trip to the veterinarian. Yeah. Always.
0: Yeah. You chicken really, bones are
1: difficult. They're very difficult, and the best thing to do is to have a vet that can do an X ray, and then say, "Okay, well, we're gonna. This is our plan. Figure it will out save if, you so much headache."
0: Right. Figure out if it can be repaired. I mean, in some cases, I know of a, more than one chicken that actually had to
1: have a break amputated. Yeah, and they did well on one leg. Animals lack pity for themselves. It's true. does immense amount of hardship against you when you're trying to heal from something. Yeah. If you feel bad for yourself. Oh, they're no. They're just like,
0: dude, I want to go eat grass.
1: They make it work. Dogs with three legs. You know, they're remarkable. They yep. don't feel sorry for themselves. They no. just do it.
0: Now, with that caveat, a special needs chicken may not be able to live with the rest of the flock. Yeah. Because they can get hardcore. Yeah. But it is possible for a chicken to survive with one leg. Actually, President Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. Had a one-legged pet chicken that lived in the White House. Yep. The other thing that's not as complicated as broken bone, but can take even longer to heal, soft tissue injuries.
1: One of my chickens has a torn ACL. Which is... You can't yeah, you Yeah, it's irreparable. Fix it. Yeah. So she hobbles sometimes. Sometimes the cold does get to her more. She's arthritic a little bit more. Yeah but it's not bad to the point where it changes her quality of life she still uh, yeah. is living life to the fullest she functions just fine in that flock yeah and for like you know 3 weeks before she had on a massive structural <laughs> she did. support bandage
0: she did were on vacation yeah. the only vet I, that was you Gisella. were
1: house- you were watching her for me yeah. with her bandage
0: and the only vet we could get her into see was Scales Dr. And- Ryan at yeah. Feather Scales and Tails in Westminster and that was during covid because i remember they had to take her in And he called me and he said Mrs. Callahan This is a beautiful bird. I was like, She's very healthy. Yeah. But she has a torn ACL. Yeah.
1: And he was like, let her live her life.
0: He was like, I can't even, there's no specialist to refer you to because no one's going to be willing to reattach this ligament. And she was
1: out of the run for, i had to say six weeks. Yeah. Went back in. This is the force that that cuckoo Moran (laughs) had. Just walked back in like we- I know. She
0: got on the perch and I think somebody got next to her and she pecked her.
1: She was, that was it. She was back in. She was back in. Let's go with gout.
0: Now Gout. Gout, for the most part, is going to be diet. Yes. There are two forms of gout. There's visceral gout, which affects the organs, and then there's gout where uric acid builds up right, and it affects the feet and legs with painful swelling. I mean,
1: people get it all the time.
0: Yeah. So the gout in the feet is called articular gout. Right. And the one thing, this is interesting, and this goes back to our episodes about feeding your flock appropriately. Articular gout almost always affects roosters. Yes. What are two of the main causes of articular gout? Too much protein and too much calcium in your rooster's diet. Right. So that's
1: why feeding a layer feed to your rooster is not a smart idea for obvious reasons. Right. His feet will become
0: swollen looking and deformed. It can put stress on his kidneys. Right. There is a lot of damage that can be done with articular gout diet-wise. Poultry DVM has a really good sheet on gout. Yeah, she does. It's worth looking into that. See some of the supportive care and treatment options that are available. The best cure is prevention in this case. So let's
1: talk about prevention. Prevention in these ailments of the feet and legs. Sometimes you can't. Right. Like scaly Accident. leg mites.
0: Accidents happen. You really can't
1: prevent that Rescues anyway. Rescues might
0: bring it in. Wild birds might exactly. bring Exactly.
1: Bumblefoot using a good substrate. We Mm -hmm. use larger size wood chips. They seem to work for us.
0: They really do. I haven't seen an increase in bumblefoot with the wood chips. A big thing is if you keep heavyweight breeds, make sure your perches and other places are low so they're not jumping down from a high
1: place. Right. And make sure the roosts are clean and sanded. Right. And like you said, low roost for big chickens can help with foot and leg problems. And, you know, prevention is just watching and seeing what works for your flock.
0: Exactly. The other
1: thing is, please have a veterinarian. These problems can lead to having to go to the doctor. If you're an
0: experienced chicken keeper, you probably have something similar to what we've developed. You know, you kind of triage and You say, is this one I can treat myself? Right. Is this one that needs to go to the vet? When do I, right. you know, do I pull the trigger and call the doctor?
1: When you get your flock, start doing the research at that point. Right. And just getting your foot in the door one time with a well visit, you can have a relationship with the doctor so that if this problem comes up, you have a place to go and someone to help you.
0: Exactly. Bumblefoot, some of it you can do yourself. If you're unsure, just go to your vet. Yeah. A scaly leg mite, you can treat that by yourself for the most part, but you do need to keep an eye out for secondary infection, yeah. which would probably need a mean a trip to the doctor. Yeah. Trauma, minor trauma you can absolutely treat yourself. If you can't figure it out, that's a trip to the doctor. If it's something like trauma from a predator, yeah. Trip to the doctor. Yep.
1: Just have somebody on hand so that you know and you trust and you can get some medical care for your chickens.
0: Yeah. And if you have roosters in the flock, keep Use them on of flock, an all flock yeah. right? And give your girls oyster shell to make up for the supplemental calcium.
1: Yeah. So if you have any questions or concerns or health care that you'd like to ask us, we are always here. We're always willing to take your questions and answer them to the best of our ability. You can reach out to us by DMing us on Instagram or Facebook and or sending us an email. It's Flocktober! Right now, you can get 25% off Save a Chick Flockguard supplement. Flockguard
0: is a daily supplement that is packed full of the probiotics, vitamins, and minerals that your poultry needs.
1: I love that the protein comes from dried whole eggs and it partners perfectly with the probiotics.
0: It's a time of year that our flocks need lots of extra protein and vitamins to help them through their moult and keep their digestive tract happy.
1: Use the code SAVE25 today for 25% off your purchase. Visit SaveACAF.com. That's S-A-V-A-C-A-F.com. Try it today. Okay, so we're we ready to move on to... <laughs> Cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. Today's Cracking the Eggs. Holly came like a few weeks ago and was like, you're never going to believe what I made. It's
0: bizarre, but it's so good. And
1: it, That's exactly what you said. <laughs> so, <laughs> it and is, so we're like, okay, we're going to make it a crack in the Eggs.
0: It is green tomato quick bread.
1: And you're like, okay, I know it sounds weird, but it tastes so good.
0: It was really good. So I've done lots of stuff with green tomatoes over the years. Like you can pickle them, fry you can them, chutney, you can fry them, right? Lots of stuff. And so what I was originally going to do was make a savory tart with green tomatoes. Right. Well, that went out the window because I was like, <laughs> can you make quick bread with them? The same way you would with zucchini. Right. And what sent me down this road is that I read somewhere that green tomatoes taste like apples. Okay. I don't know if they do. But in the bread, they were sweet. But in the bread, they were sweet. And so I also made it a chocolate bread, so that made it even harder to taste them. Right. I mean, you could taste that there was some sort of fruit or vegetable in there. Tomatoes are fruit. Right. But you really couldn't define it.
1: Okay. So let's start with saying what you're going to need for this recipe. You're going to need a cup of flour, either regular flour or gluten-free flour. It's one-to-one. Some baking powder, baking soda, salt, cocoa powder. Because it's chocolate. It's chocolate. Cinnamon. Instant coffee granules.
0: Or espresso powder. So unless
1: you have like a 95-year-old grandma that's around or you like to bake with it, sometimes you should have some instant coffee around the house. I
0: always have it. It can really heighten the chocolate flavor in yeah. A dish, yeah.
1: a cup more or less now. If you lived in the DiCarlo house, you'd go with five cups or of chocolate the, chips. Or the
0: Cosmala residence. Yeah, uh, more so, chocolate chips, the better.
1: And you're all important to eggs. Well, you know, we're sticking with recipes
0: that don't use a ton right now. Right so now because you don't have a
1: lot. Yeah. Vegetable oil. White sugar, brown sugar, and vanilla. And the all-important ingredient.
0: Right. You need a cup and a half of shredded green tomato. For me, that was about three medium green tomatoes from the garden. Okay.
1: And how'd you go about shredding them? On a grater,
0: the way you would Uh, grate cheese or or grate zucchini. Because they're harder. Yeah, they're a little harder. Right. If they're starting to get red streaks on them, don't use them. Right. Because, number one, that's consistency changes. Right. But also because then the seeds have started to gel up and you have more moisture. You want them firm. You don't want them starting to ripen at all. And then you're just going to shred them and you're going to put them in a colander for about 30 minutes. Let them drain and press out the excess moisture. You can just go ahead and squeeze the moisture out if you're impatient. Okay. I found it worked a lot better to not be squeezing these things. (laughs) So yeah, you let it sit. Some places where you use green tomatoes, you're supposed to salt them and let the moisture draw out. Yeah. You can actually also sugar them and let the moisture draw out. Exactly. But I didn't think it was necessary. I just let it drain for a while, gave it a squeeze. Actually, I didn't give it a squeeze. I pressed on it with a spoon.
1: Yeah. Okay, we so go. then you're going to whisk together your dry ingredients in a medium bowl. Yep. And then you're going to do the all-important mixing. All the other
0: ingredients in a large bowl. Yep. So that's your eggs, your oil, your sugars, your vanilla, all that stuff. Whisk that really well, then fold in the green tomato. Yep. And I was like, is this going to stay in a big blob? But it, it really, just like zucchini, it really distributes very nicely. Add the dry ingredients to the wet, Mix it all together, and then what do you put in there? Hold
1: in your chips,
0: all your chocolate chips,
1: and then pour it in and bake it for about an hour.
0: Yeah, it goes in a loaf pan, so it you know it comes out looking just like a quick bread. Three fifty, about fifty five minutes. Yeah, you know just start checking it for doneness at about fifty minutes.
1: I always like the breads. They're called quick breads. They're not quick. But they do smell up the house a lot. Oh, they smell so good. Because like this one has cinnamon and cocoa. It's really good. So a little bit off topic, but not really. But Joe and I, when we first got married, we took a trip to like go through the mountains of West Virginia. We were driving. It was a Saturday morning. And we saw all these little houses with their little fireplaces going. <laughs> and you're talking and we're like, oh, I wonder if they're probably like making cinnamon rolls and doing this and doing that. But this is one of those things that, like on a Saturday morning, it's quick, it's easy, but you get a good homey feel. It actually is it a very the quick house. recipe. I mean, yeah. the,
0: grating the tomatoes did not take that long. Grating three no. tomatoes was pretty quick. You
1: could even grate them
0: the night before. Yeah, pop them in the fridge, take them back out. The consistency of this bread—it was like a fudgy brownie. Yeah, so good,
1: so good. This is going to be one we need Ella to make.
0: You can actually turn it out of the loaf pan and fancy it up. You could drizzle chocolate on it. like that. Yeah, any of that. It's delicious. Weird, but so good. So
1: try it. Tell us what you think. If you want to make it, send a picture. We'll give you a share on our Instagram. Okay, so let's move on to retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So this week's Retail Therapy, probably on our social media. If you follow us on Instagram, you're going to notice and on Facebook. We're using a product called FlockGuard. So we wanted to talk about it this week on our retail therapy.
0: If you've ever gotten chicks in the feed store, you've seen those little, they're usually come in a little pack of three envelopes. Save yep. a Chick probiotics and Save a Chick electrolytes. Yes. This product is from that maker.
1: Yes. One of our <laughs> favorite companies. So it's Save a Chick.
0: Actually, the parent company is Save a Calf. Yes. And they make supplements for like all baby animals. They're Save a Lamb. Yes.
1: It's pretty amazing. Uh
0: Uh-huh. It's fantastic. What a great resource. But they have created a daily supplement that goes in your chicken's drinking water. Yes. And this is what really intrigued us about it. They have a nice source of protein in there.
1: Yes, they do. And what do you think it is?
0: It is dried Whole eggs,
1: we love that. That
0: they, I guess they freeze dried and powdered them.
1: Yeah, it's like giving back to the chicken and giving it in a natural way mm-hmm. every day to boost up protein and calcium in right. a really
0: good way. So you have the protein in there, and you have a lot of essential vitamins and minerals that your chicken needs. Mm-hmm. It's super easy. You just mix it up in a, like a jug and pour it into their water dish. It
1: comes with its own little scoop. The scoop is for two quarts. We all know that four quarts is a gallon. Uh, so you just put two scoops into a gallon of water. It does create a little bit of a milky liquid. and it's co- Yeah, the coloring is kind of milky. It's from the eggs, the right, dried eggs right. that are in it. And the chickens, I put it out there they drank it. Oh yeah,
0: mine drank it. No problem. They yeah. liked it. Yeah, mine liked it too. Really the only caveat we have about this is You'll need to scrub out your waters.
1: Yeah, because it does leave a little bit of a residue from the dried Mm -hmm. eggs. But how great is that?
0: It's fantastic.
1: I mean, dried eggs back to your chickens. It's what we all kind of been doing, like the eggshells back to the chickens. It's giving them what they need. Well, a
0: lot of supplements, especially supplements that go in the water, are not meant to be a daily supplement. Right. And this one, you've got the protein. It's loaded with probiotics as well as the vitamins and minerals. Exactly. It all really works together for gut health. It was a fantastic thing to use with my molting birds.
1: It's great for molting birds because, let's see, it's high in vitamin A, D, E, B12, and there's probiotics. Right. They want your chicken's gut to be happy and healthy. I guess
0: the same thing applies to chickens as it does to us. Like a huge chunk of the immune system is in the gut.
1: Yeah, they say it's your second brain and you have to take care of it. And this is a supplement that's going to help them feel happy and healthy.
0: My second brain would really like some green tomato quick bread (laughs) right now.
1: So yeah, it's a good product. You can get it across the board in many different places. And
0: you can u- you actually can use it daily without fear of it causing problems. You
1: can. So you can get it on Chewy. You uh-huh. can get it...
0: Right on their website? Yeah. The Save a Chick website, which we have linked in our show notes. Until the end of October, we have a discount code for you. It's save25today for 25% yes. off your first order.
1: Yeah. So it's worth it to try it. See if your girls and boys will drink it. The other thing which we did not mention is it's for all mixed flocks. So it's not just chicken. So if you have other poultry, you can use it across the board.
0: It's safe for all ages too. Yeah. It's a great
1: daily supplement. It's something that you can do every day.
0: So, you know, I can keep it in the Nankins water when Martha brings her clutch out. The babies can drink it. The adults can drink it. Roosters, hens, and as you said, all the other poultry.
1: Yep. Okay, so should we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week?
0: Okay, episode 101. We're doing another 2.0. Yes, we are. This time, the well summer. Gertie! Our main topic is the chicken integumentary system. In other words... Their skin. The skin. We're starting our November Thanksgiving recipes. So next week's recipe will be my spoon bread recipe. Yay! It's ridiculously good. And Retail Therapy is Vintage Chicken Serving Platters. Because you know
1: you're going to need them. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so what should we tell everybody to do until next week? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. Thanks for listening.